What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about the NFL and fantasy football at large for SportingNews.com. And if you've been listening to Locked On Fantasy Football, we've been looking at the early rankings here, gone through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Then we started looking at defenses as well, then got into the top 100s, give or take a few more guys the consensus early rankings that you see on fantasy pros is a compilation of all the major experts across uh, the sites out there that kind of give you an idea of what the finger of the pulse is here with rankings and we went through we said the top half but really we ran through uh, 1 through 59 there with the overall rankings because that's how they were tiered on fantasy pros we went through five-tier approach. Now it gets to the fun part a little bit in terms of uh, unknown values, the sleepers. This is going to vary across the board when you get to number 60 all the way down to 111, 112. That's where the cutoff of tier seven is. So after that, you're just basically taking backups and flyers. This is still part of the core of your team and you're going with upside guys and uh, veteran insurance later here you're still looking for maybe stars that can break out and uh, we uh, ended with Tyreek Hill talking about him and his value of maybe jumping into that tier five category from number 60 the next guy is intriguing to me as we go into 61 Martavis Bryant now all the reports have been good about Bryant and what he's done so far in his attempt to get back in the good graces of the Steelers and produce that way that we've seen him in the past uh, what's great about Brian is he's a field stretcher he can score in the red zone as well and with Brian I don't think this is too far I don't think he's as high in PPR he's a guy that uh, can get 17 18 yards a catch so he doesn't need a lot to make an impact and keep in mind here the Steelers are going to spread the wealth even more here you have Eli Rogers in the slot Juju Smith-Schuster maybe in the other slot so some four wide receiver sets in there Bryant is going to have some competition for touches all over the field so I would think this is a little high it's extremely high for PPR but it's even a bit aggressive to me for standard because if you have him here it's as a solid wide receiver three and I don't know if that's true with a lot of mouths to feed in Pittsburgh remember that Le'Veon Bell is really the second receiver there behind Antonio Brown I think Jesse James can be involved in this as well I think Smith Schuster is going to have a bigger role than people think 
Rodgers, we know, has a pretty good floor as a slot receiver. So, Brian, I would proceed with caution. Matt Ryan is another guy that uh, you look at here. He's the MVP, had an amazing season last year, but he loses Kyle Shanahan. So, people look at the Steve Sarkeesian hire and was maybe just keeping it the status quo, but I don't totally buy into that. We saw that with Ryan, it takes a little bit, even with Shanahan, to uh, get groomed to the offense. You saw that terrible 2015 Came back really strong in 2016, but another transition here for Matt Ryan. I still think the numbers can be there because you, you bump up Julio Jones. Austin Hooper can have a bigger role, but I don't think he's that much higher in consideration than other quarterbacks in this tier. Some that uh, are established, some with upside. And uh, if you look down here, 65, Russell Wilson, a few picks later, I think they're more equal, and I think they're both lower because uh, you get in – to this other grouping of quarterbacks overall. You go down to number 79, you have Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston at 80, Kirk Cousins at 81, 83 is Cam Newton. So pretty pileup of guys here in this uh, tier six. And I would uh, kind of go down more with those guys, the quarterback in relation to the rest of the field. Wilson, I think, with health can rebound. He's in a very familiar offense. So I kind of... Uh, would say Wilson and Ryan are more in the late 70s, early 80s as well with those other quarterbacks versus the field. Now, Bilal Powell, this is pretty aggressive at number 63 for me, but you look at Matt Forte maybe taking a backseat, Powell being the lead back, and there's really not much else in this Jets offense. They're going to have to dump off a lot to Powell, whoever's a quarterback. A lot of checkdowns. We know Josh McCown has that history going back to Duke Johnson. The most recent stop that he's going to dump the ball off a lot. If it's Christian Hackenberg, definitely with uh, not much there beyond uh, Quincy Nunwa and Robbie Anderson. So Powell, big part of the passing game. If he gets that early down work, and I think he's trending that way over Matt Forte, I think this actually might be a little bit low for him at 63 overall. I mean, you look at some of the guys that were ranked before. I think Amir Abdullah's a guy that he can easily outpace. Eddie Lacy at number 50. So... I think Powell's a guy that we're going to watch carefully as his value goes up. Frank Gore, I'm not as high on. I know he's continued to produce, but the wheels can come off at any time at his age. And you have Robert Turbin, who's trending upward here in the Colts' backfield. So Gore, I'm going to drop down a few notches. Dalvin Cook, I think, is right where he is at 66. There's no uh, Latavius Murray yet. He still has had ankle surgery recovery. He's not even been able to practice. So Cook has got a big lead going into training camp for a lot of touches in this backfield in Minnesota. They want to be a run-heavy team to support the defense. We know that with Peterson and with Pat Shermer. The history there is for a workhorse back. So Cook, I wrote about him recently, but I think he's in great shape to dominate touches. So a lot of young backs, a lot of changing of the guard with some of these committees as well that you have to pay attention to in camp. Back to the Colts with Dante Moncrief. I think this is a bit of a uh, aggressive leap as well because the Colts are going to spread the field quite a bit. And T.Y. Hilton, I, I mentioned, should be maybe down more from where he is as a high wide receiver one to borderline wide receiver one two. Moncrief here is in the midst of the solid wide receiver threes. I, I think that's about right for him, but I think these guys can kind of uh, meet in the middle a little bit higher. So. Moncrief is not, to me, as busy as Hilton in this offense, but they're going to spread the field a lot, go to these guys. So I would say both these guys are potentials to go 
in the 40s and 50s, more so than uh, Moncrief all the way down here and Hilton all the way up in the teens or 20s in your overall drafting. Next guy is Jimmy Graham, and this seems, again, aggressive with where he's going, but you look at his situation with the contract year, we really liked him when we did the tight end rankings as having a big, big year. So this is interesting. I think that a lot of people are already on to Graham, so that's something you have to keep in mind. LeGarrette Blount, great situation in Philadelphia there. Probably just taking over what Ryan Matthews did. We know he's going to give nothing in the passing game, but that, that's fine. This team could score a lot more, have a field stretcher there, Torrey Smith, have a number one receiver in Alshon Jeffrey. Zach Ertz can get this team into the red zone. As a reminder, you're listening to Locked On Fantasy Football. Make sure you're staying in the know through the offseason and preseason as well with our Locked On NFL show hosted by Matt Williamson. He does a great job with that. And uh, that's just the best way to stay informed with all these teams in reality and fantasy. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. So a lot of potential scoring in uh, Philadelphia for Blunt as they try to uh, help Carson Wentz there. So not a bad ranking for him, but I think it's really based on the TD output and maybe even getting 10 to fall from 18 that he had in New England. We know he absolutely gives you nothing in the passing game, so I think in PPR you drop him down to the 7th tier, maybe the 80s for sure. Willie Sneed, I think... Willie Sneed is a bit undervalued given Brandon Cooks is gone. And Brandon Cooks, even when he was there, Sneed was a big part of this offense with uh, Michael Thomas. And now it's Sneed and Michael Thomas is pretty much the guys there. I think Ted Ginn could hurt Willie Sneed a little bit. So I think that kind of uh, puts Sneed down here. Their borderline wide receiver three. Brandon Marshall, this one is a tough one because you still have Sterling Shepard in this mix. And if you look at this offense it's going to be a lot of three receiver sets with the Odell Beckham Jr. and Shepard in there so we look at Shepard in these rankings he's 143 and that's kind of a weird thing to me that you have Marshall I think the touchdown upside is certainly there but Shepard has showed he could score Beckham does eat up a lot of targets and they're deep we know Evan Ingram is also going to be working in the rookie from Ole Miss the tight end the first round pick so Marshall, I think this is a bit high for me. I think he's more of a wide receiver for borderline, a guy that you have to look at because there's a lot of mouths to feed here, including Shane Vereen in the passing game that we have to see. And it's a pretty much a touchdown-dependent ranking here because PPR with uh, Beckham and Shepard and Vereen getting a lot of catches, you know Marshall is going to be very limited in that department. It's interesting that Paul Perkins is right here at 72. He's... This is the RB30. That means he's the RB3 material. I, I think that's about right for him. I mean, it's funny that Dalvin Cook is all the way down here when and, and Bilal Powell where they have more clear-cut roles. I think there's a bit 
of a bump up for those two guys, and that would make the separation right from Perkins. But I think this is about right for him. They still think he's going to be lead back. There's no real competition there for those early down carries. Again, this is a standard league look at. Tyler Eifert, too high for me at 73, especially with the injury history. You have uh, Delaney Walker at 84. That has a lot more appeal here, even with a lot of the extra red zone weapons in Tennessee that I think Walker down there and really Eifert down there are better looks in this rankings. Jameson Crowder, high, high expectations. Terrell Pryor was way up here as a potential uh, wide receiver 2-1 borderline. Jamison Crowder, he's going to, in theory, pick up a lot of targets here, but I don't see him necessarily as a solid wide receiver three as he is here. I think he falls a little out of that cusp, especially when Jordan Reed is truly your number two option behind Pryor there. So Crowder, I know they're going to get him busy, but he's also making a transition from slot receiver to playing a lot. He's kind of the number two on this team, so we'll have to wait and see there. Deshaun Jackson, this is about... The highest I would go with him, wide receiver 33. It's because he's so big play dependent. We know that Mike Evans is a dominant number one there. So Jackson moving to Tampa Bay it does bump up his uh, value from Philadelphia a little bit, but uh, not where I'm totally comfortable. Kelvin Benjamin might be on my do not draft list. I know that he's due for a rebound with all things that are there, but I think Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey cut into this passing game pretty well. You have uh, Russell Shepard who can do some things. Greg Olson is still the number one target here for Carolina. So Kelvin Benjamin a bit overrated. Adrian Peterson, 77. This ranking is okay. More in PPR leagues for me because the way that Peterson's role is being carved out. Alvin Kamara, the rookie from uh, Tennessee, not necessarily locked into the receiving back role. Looks like Peterson's going to get that as well. Some work from Mark Ingram. So this is about the right place because they still have a role for Ingram but uh, Peterson and PPR looks pretty good here. Stefan Diggs is uh, the last wide receiver in this tier right on the cusp of uh, the last wide receiver three but Diggs in this offense you like uh, maybe the potential of a Laquan Treadwell to do a little bit more. Adam Thielen returns on the other side so that's going to help Diggs altogether maybe get open a little bit better maybe get uh, in more groove with Sam Bradford, but the talent is definitely there. He's just a guy that you're going to have to expect a few big games from and then maybe disappear a little bit just because of the nature of the Vikings offense. We go to Marcus Merritt and James Winston. This is going to be a debate for a long time, not just in fantasy, but in reality. Can I like Winston over Mariota easily just because of the durability right there? Just that Winston is a guy you can count for 16 games. You don't have to worry about when he's going to miss a game, if he's going to run in trouble. I think they're going to help Mariota not run as much and stay healthy. But I think Winston overall has more of a settled pecking order, if that makes sense, where Mariota has some new guys in there, Eric Decker working in Corey Davis. But I still think at heart, Tennessee has to be a running team a little bit more than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay can throw a little bit more, and they will in that division. So Winston should be higher than Mariota. And keep in mind, Winston's not totally devoid of running in terms of uh, scrambling to score touchdowns as well. So Winston easily could have more touchdowns on the ground than Mariota this season because he picks his spots uh, near the line, kind of uh, what Ben Roethlisberger could do but doesn't do as much, but Winston can do as a younger quarterback. Now, Kirk Cousins is lumped there in with them with Cam Newton. 81 is Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton is 83. I feel like 
it's shocking to see that, but I would go Cam Newton over Cousins in most drafts. I think Cousins is a bit of a reach here, especially with the adjusted weapons away from uh, Pierre Garçon and Jackson, as we've talked about earlier. So Cam Newton is a good rebound spot. If he's at QB 10, you'll you'll take that. It's a good value for him. So this is what you want to also look at for. Is like, is Winston undervalued QB 8? Is Cam Newton undervalued QB 10, especially in this round? When you get a really seventh round pick, that's a pretty good value. So that's something you have to monitor. If, because these rankings, a lot of people are going to default to them and rank and draft people the same way. So that's when you get into the mock drafts and see what you can do with those mocks and kind of understand where other people are rating players and then it helps you for sure. It's kind of related to Winston here and Marietta. We have Doug Martin, 82, that... Yeah, this was a tough one. He's going to miss the three games early. So you really can't trust him as an RB2, but you don't know if Jacquiz Rogers being a dirt cutter favorite is going to pick up some extra touches and be in better graces of the coaching staff early and maybe Martin. So there, there's a lot of uh, risk involved with the Martin pick there. Then the other guy was Delaney Walker, as we mentioned. There are some concerns. He's the tight end seven. I think there's a lot. That makes sense. I mean, he was a, kind of a tight end one, two, three at times last week, so or last season. So when you look at Corey Davis coming in, kind of a true number one there as the first round pick. Eric Decker, a guy that can pilfer red zone looks from both Walker and Rashard Matthews. Uh, that's kind of where we land with Walker in the end. Pierre Garcon rounds out now the wide receiver threes as we get into tier seven number 85 garcon ppr i really like him he's going to eat up targets in san francisco no one else is there very familiar offense with kyle shannon is going to get a lot of looks from uh, brian hoyer in this offense Devonte parker eh, mixed feelings about him just because there are some upside things i like but uh with jarvis landry on the other side some other mouths to feed in this uh offense including julius thomas i'm i'm cooling on parker a little bit just because he has injury history eric decker 87 a very familiar number to him something he's worn before here in the rankings but very touchdown dependent i think i dropped a lot of sudden depth at wide receiver tennessee so very td type base play so you're going to look at the red zone stats and all that but it'll be interesting to see how far decker ends up on his depth chart if he's going to displace matthews and uh Corey Davis needs a little bit of time. Decker's number is going to rise here as we uh, look through the preseason. Ben Roethlisberger, QB 11. So that's very interesting to me, especially with high Martavis Bryant is ranked, that QB 11. So it doesn't kind of mesh with that at number 88. So, again, when you look at this value, when you look at Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Mariota, Kirk Cousins, maybe Matt Ryan in this mix, you can wait on a quarterback for sure versus uh, what's out there. Then you look at the uh, next guy is Kyle Rudolph. Eh, he's a guy that doesn't excite me too much. Very touchdown dependent, especially with more guys. I think i drop him. The guy I like better is Martellus Bennett in 92 because he's an offense that we know they like to throw to Jared Cook in theory that they wanted to do more with Aaron Rodgers, but Bennett's going to be a potential scoring machine in Green Bay, and I think – when you look at Bennett versus Rudolph and scoring, Bennett has more upside because of the offense. Now, Danny Woodhead, we know that he's been an RB2 in PPR before from his days in San Diego. 
Days in Baltimore might actually be better than this. He's the RB33, and I get that, but anything in PPR, you look at him as a typical flex play, but in PPR, I think he's a solid RB2. So this is a bit low for me, especially when you look at Kenneth Dixon being out early. Woodhead can do a lot more things than uh, Terrence West in the lineup for Baltimore, so Woodhead is going to be an undervalued guy there for sure. Derek Carr, there's reasons to like him, but I think this QB12 is just about right. I think there's guys you can uh, stream at quarterback, including Prescott at QB13, 96 overall, five spots later. That These guys look better than they actually are in terms of uh, quarterback value, especially because you have a lot of uh, very strong fantasy football producers ahead of them. So Carr and Prescott... I think they're just about right, even though uh, it doesn't really dictate what they did from last year where they're ranked. So you just have to look at them versus the field is what you're doing and what you can get later. If you know consistently like a Prescott or Carr is going to hang around, you can wait on that position for sure. So that's the thing where you want to see where the quarterbacks go in relation to the other positions because uh, somebody – We'll just suddenly go on a QB run or start one, and uh, you don't necessarily need to jump on that. And I think a good way to get an indication of that is how these rankings play out in the mock drafts. You look at uh, you look at uh, Cameron Meredith there, ninety three, the wide receiver from Chicago. No, I proceed with caution here because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I think it helps him if Mike Lennon is in there, but you look at uh, some of the other wide receivers in this tier. They just don't seem as exciting as the quarterback options. So if you're going to decide quarterback versus wide receiver or running back, I think in this particular tier, when you look at uh, some question marks with Eric Decker, as I mentioned, at 87, right here with Meredith at 93, you go down a little bit more to uh, Kenny Britt and uh, Randall Cobb. And then Jeremy Macklin, Corey Coleman. So a lot of question marks uh, all the way down to Corey Davis, John Brown. And then you get to the borderline with uh, Tyrell Williams and Mike Wallace. You know that there's a drop off their wide receiver, but you look at the running back and quarterback values, this tells you by looking at these rankings, that's a good place to go. Robert Kelly, I think, is really high for 94. Just at running back, when we look at that position again, Samaj Pirine is there, and I think he can win that job. So that's something we're going to watch. Derrick Henry, he was ranked about here in the preseason last year. i got to wait believe it see it to believe it a little bit with Henry we know that uh, they said it was going to be a good split and Murray DeMarco Murray got most of the touches there so that's something to watch Jonathan Stewart we're going to be watching carefully but I think this ranking is just about right for him 97 because he's not going to lose too much of a role with McCaffrey in there because he's got to still be the early down power back he can still finish in the red zone so not a bad value as a RB three that you're going to plug in there, especially as a flex early. You know he's going to have a role. Matt Forte, we're just not sure. They're going to say it's a hot hand and all that. So we look at Stewart versus Forte at 98. Stewart is a much better pick here in this range at 97. So another tight end that we can look at, and Zach Ertz is at 99. And you look at down the line here at the other tight ends, Hunter Henry is the guy with the bullet that we circled. Uh, he's the, at one of three. He's the guy that's going to move up a bit. That's the only last guy in this tier. Right before we uh, get to Eric Ebron is the last uh, tight end one. But So this is uh, not the greatest spots for tight ends either because 
Ertz, you still have to worry about more mouths to feed in the offense. Hunter Henry still has to worry about Antonio Gates. I like these guys in theory, but uh, I don't know if you necessarily have to jump into this tier to get them if you don't have a tight end. Samaj P. Ryan, we mentioned him just now. He's at 100. And Robert Kelly, 94. So that tells you a lot of people don't know who's going to win this battle. I would uh, bet more on P. Ryan. He's a more talented back. Phillip Rivers and Matthew Stafford are the quarterbacks down here. Rivers at 101, Stafford at 106. That's hard to believe that these two guys are down there. But you look at overall, I think they look better than they look. That's why they're out of this uh, QB1 conversation for now. They do have a lot of weapons, but there are a lot of question marks as well with how they can throw. These two teams want to run a little bit more as well. So that's where I proceed with caution with Rivers and Stafford. I think they're not bad guys to take in the lead of a uh, kind of a platoon or streaming situation. But by themselves, I think this is why uh, they're kind of uh, off the cuff and away from the uh, QB1 consideration. Kenny Britt at 102, and I just not crazy about Britt as a player. I think he kind of overachieved with the Rams last season, tried to work himself to a contract. I don't think you can assume he's going to be Terrell Pryor there. You have Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman, interesting enough, is 108. I think I would flip these where the Coleman's upside here in the offense, no matter who's out there rather than Britt. So that's how I kind of look at Cleveland, where Coleman is the better guy to draft overall. And neither is great in PPR. I think they're both more standard plays for you. Randall Cobb at 104, really cooling off on Randall Cobb. I mean, you look at the way it's ranked, it makes sense with uh, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams so high, Martellus Bennett also climbing up the charts. Cobb is definitely trending downward as kind of an afterthought, wide receiver 4 or 5 even in uh, some respects. So I think you go away from Cobb. Jeremy Macklin, in that regard, right after him, I think he's ranked pretty low because we've seen, whether it's Anquan Bolden or Mike Wallace, the new Ravens receiver does pretty well immediately. So that's why I think Wallace at 113, I get the separation, but I think Macklin could even be more separating from uh, Wallace there in Baltimore as the number one receiver. We had right after Stafford at 107 as his teammate in Detroit. This is a PPR ranking to me, he could be a little higher. Theoretic, you got to watch in the mirror, Abdullah. We know he, he's looking healthy, but if he has any setbacks, we know Riddick is capable of seeing a bigger role. So it's a guy we're going to circle to see if he moves up. Same thing as we go to 109 with Kareem Hunt right after Corey Coleman at 108. Kareem Hunt, we got to see what he does. But Spencer Ware looks like he's not going to go anywhere sometime soon. So Hunt is a guy that could really fall if Ware comes out and has a good camp and uh, wants to keep going. Corey Davis, we're going to see, again, we're going to try to figure out this Tennessee pecking order. Who's ahead? Dacker, Corey Davis, is Richard Matthews holding his ground. How is it going to play out? We're going to pay attention to that very closely in Tennessee because we know the receiving core is much better. John Brown in Arizona, there's potential for a big rebound here opposite Larry Fitzgerald. No more Michael Floyd there, but uh, they do have J.J. Nelson in the mix. So I think this is a more appropriate ranking for him as a wide receiver four, so... You look at this group, it's uh, really not uh, too out of the ordinary. As we go into Tier 7 here, we're at 111. Tyrell Williams is 112. Mike Wallace, they start Tier 8 here, and that's when you see the drop-off because Tyrod Taylor and Eli Manning are the next two available quarterbacks. Rashard Matthews and Jordan Matthews are the next available wide receivers, and you see that Matthews-Davis-Decker thing that we are going to try to sort out. So after it's just backups and uh, not 
guys that uh, feel solid in any way, but uh, trying to take some flyers and padding. But uh, through 111, there's some guys that are really core players that uh, you got to figure out how the pecking order is going to play out. But uh, with any of these rankings, anything you look at, there are going to be some disparities and question marks, and uh, the consensus is going to lead to that. So it's always good to study these rankings, know where they are, to know where they're going and where they're going to end up. So that's that's how it is. And uh, thanks so much for listening to our series of the early rankings analysis for fantasy football and lockdown fantasy football. Please subscribe to this podcast on Audio Boomer iTunes and uh, stay in the know through the entire offseason, the preseason, and when you're ready for the regular season, we'll be here every day to break it down for you uh, once we get revved up. And uh, we'll see you next time on Lockdown Fantasy Football. This is Vinny Iyer. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.